pinwheels. I like things that are like when, when I. I don't like things put inside of other things. You don't. Well, I, <laughs> I do. That's unfortunate. I would disagree. You have two children. But no. <laughs> up y'all welcome back to that reload podcast we're coming to you live from the new reload studio got the entire crew here with me today i'm your host joel owner of reload rub and seasoning sitting across from me is the bouge the man the myth the legend jeremy the kitchen white law meh sitting across from him our pit master and producer the man that tickles all the clips mr matt var levels levels and last but not least the sweet and sassy sometimes salty Miss Stacy. Hey guys. So we have a great episode today, guys. It's Christmas time. It's coming up soon. And we're going to be talking about a meal that you can make that will blow your family's socks off. And uh, that's going to be talking about rib roast. We'll get into that later in the podcast. You know, as we always do, we got to catch up. It's been a minute since we have all talked to each other. Uh, me and Stacy are finally in the new house. We're planted, but that didn't come without some trials and some damn tribulations. Yeah, I've so this happened about a week ago. Um, we closed down our house and everything, and we've been dying to tell you guys about this. But yeah, of course, we, we have not heard these stories yet. Like you've been telling us, like wait for the podcast, wait for the podcast. So we're hearing these live with you guys. The juice is too good. Yeah, so I'm gonna just set the scene. Okay, <laughs> so typically when you build a house, you know, and, and from what we've heard, Joel's worked with contractors basically his whole life, and um, we were told that you about a week or so before go through the house with some painter's tape and kind of mark the blemishes. A walkthrough. Yeah, a walkthrough. So a punch list list walkthrough. And the realtor that, okay, so backstory, the guy that built our house is the brother-in-law of the realtor who sells the homes. Mm -hmm. The designer of the home is- The realtor's mom. The mother, yeah, the realtor's mom and the mother-in-law of the builder. Mm -hmm. And then the the Father. father of the realtor is the title guy. So we've got like a monopoly thing going on. So- they built a beautiful home. We are absolutely ecstatic with it. They yeah. they did a great job. But our realtor had advised us do this punchless walkthrough. And the realtor, um, not our our realtor's Blake. This other guy's name is Pete. And um, I won't say his last name, but <laughs> cocksucker. Yeah. <laughs> so when we spread, met him, when we met him, yeah. yeah, when we met him the first time, we were about to decide to purchase this to build. He was one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet. Like just so over the top, like super, super nice. And you know, hey, yeah, anything, you know, here's my number, call me, whatever. So it seems so out of character. Yeah. So we do this punchless walkthrough. Our realtor says, if you can see it from six feet, mark it. So then we meet with the contractor. Contractor says, yeah, all these things are easily fixable. You know, not a big deal. They didn't put screens on our windows. They had some of them all banged up and dirty. All right, all right hang on. All right, <clears throat> so we got to get into this. I'm now. looking at your window. There's still no screen on that window. You're no. right. So we had, we, there was the, since we started building this house, I could tell there's some contractors that are out there that are, I, I know how to build. I know how to make shit. I'm, you know, I know what I'm doing. And there's others that are just facilitators. And mine definitely was just a facilitator. He's okay. a guy, has a, so he got a good group of subs and he just says, hey, I need you to do this. But he doesn't really, in my opinion, know how to go back and go, hey, that's wrong. He doesn't understand what each sub is doing enough to yes. correct their work. Correct. So I've kind of been on his ass a little bit throughout this whole process. Nothing terrible, but you know, me being in the construction business my entire life, being around all these contractors, multi-million dollar homes down to a, you know, a hundred thousand dollar home. Um, I've seen a lot, you know, over my whole time there. So 
we get down to forget all that. You know, we get down to we go to the final walkthrough. These Jay so you're supposed to have a final walkthrough with the realtor after you do the punch list. Yeah, so they fix it for that week, and then you do a final walkthrough just to make sure everything's up at standards. Yeah. Well, they wanted to do it the night before we closed. But and they I, didn't. And I, they didn't show up. Yeah, I told Joel, I'm like, that doesn't give him any time to fix anything if we feel like anything needs to be fixed. Now, granted, most of the things were just like minor cosmetic things that Joel was capable of doing himself or I could get my dad to do it, but you're buying an expensive home, brand new. And most times, most times in that situation, the contractor or the realtor or whoever will make an amendment and they'll say, all right, so yeah, we got to fix all this stuff. Like a week after closing and yeah, well, here's this paper saying we guarantee this will get fixed. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's what I was going into thinking. Okay. They're going to do it. An amendment. So that re- our realtor came with us. The realtor and the builder never didn't show up for it. So there were there were things like there was mud all over our patio and driveway that weren't cleaned off from the subcontractors. Mud in the garage. Mud in the garage, well, like dirt. Uh, the floors weren't cleaned. Um, there were still a few like areas where you could see like they like spackled but didn't paint over it. Just minor, very very minor. You no, know, like caulking seams that were were that weren't. Caulked. Yeah. And then yeah. like they didn't put the screens in like they said they were going to. So, you know, Joel said that our real, we said, are we being too picky? Like to our realtor. And he goes, no, we'll put it down there. So our realtor went and took a bunch of pictures. Well, by that evening, we're supposed to close that next morning. Their realtor and the title it's guy. Like 10 o'clock at night. 10 o'clock at night. They're like, they don't want to close. They're like, nope. Nope. These people aren't happy. We're going to, we I'm want, not, we want I'm to not closing it. until it, we're pushing it. We're not going to close until everything's fixed and all this kind of crap. And we're like, okay, so I'm a nurse and I've like taken off the time. We've got like a moving truck we've already like got. We've got got appliances showing up. Yeah. Yeah. So our realtor says, no, like they can't do that. They've already planned these things. We've moved our schedules around. They want to close, but just, nope, we are not closing unless. This machine's going forward. They could easily write an amendment and just say, we're going to handle these things. They said, we're not closing. Unless these are fixed first because they didn't want us to add things to so it. So let afterwards. me take it over from here. So I tell my realtor, Blake, I go, I'm going over there. Because they go, well, we're going to go over there in the morning. We're supposed to close at 830 that morning. We're going to go over there in yeah. the morning and try to get this stuff knocked out. So I show up over here at 7. Mm-hmm. They're already here. And I just open the door. And they think that I'm the realtor at first to go, hey, Blake. And I'm like, nope, buyer. And they're like, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, what? so... Mm-hmm. Everything's kind of cool. We we meet in the foyer there. I'm, I'm talking to them. And, dude, they were on the defense from the get. I haven't even gotten a, hardly any words out of my mouth. And, I, you know, and before they started being defensive. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to the dad because, obviously, he's like alpha big dick. And he keeps telling the, the son, the realtor, let me handle this. Let me handle this. Cause he keeps chirping, man. He keeps like trying to say shit. And I'm just like, defensive. He's yeah. chirping. And what's He's funny, chirping. In, uh-huh. in the meantime, I, I hadn't heard from Joel since he had came over here. So I call him on the way to taking Jace to school uh-huh. and Joel well, answers. And I'm like, hello, hello. I'm worked up talking about this. Yeah. Right now. I'm like, so Joel answers and I go, hello, hello. And I can hear him talking. And then I can hear that his voice has a tone uh-huh. that what, and I told myself, I'm like, this isn't going good. So, I thought, well, I'm like, I feel like I'm like spying. I didn't know if he like accidentally answered the phone or if he answered it and wanted me to listen. Yeah. So I just stayed on there and I could hear the whole thing. But so I'm talking to the, the dad and the, the title guy and I'm, and I'm like, listen, man, I said, I've been doing this my whole life. I said, I'm not asking for much. I said, I'm not asking you to reshingle the roof. I said, you know, if you don't want to make an amendment and tell me you're going to come back and pressure wash, he goes, no, we don't pressure wash. What? I go, I go what? He goes, we don't pressure wash. I go, so you're telling me 
that I'm spending all this money on this house and I got to go spend five hours of my time pressure washing this, your subs, dirty ass mud prints off all my stuff. And they were like, yeah. yeah, they were like, yes, we don't, we don't pressure wash any of these. What homes. contractor doesn't own a pressure washer? No joke. And I go, guys, I said, I've been around this a lot. And they're like, we have too. <laughs> I'm like, well, I understand. I said, but every contractor I have ever dealt with from a, from a $300,000 home to a two and a half million dollar home. You clean up the mess. They clean up their mess. Heck, yeah. one of my, one of my uh, best contractors, he builds like 400, $450,000 homes. And uh, he just had to rip a whole row of brick off. He did it voluntarily, ripped a whole row of brick off the lower portion of a house because it didn't have any gutters and it got mud splatter and stained the brick because he didn't want his customer to have dirty ass brick. Yeah. So we it, had like red clay on our windowsills outside, like where it was still like muddy and dirty. Like, and so, we're thinking we're buying this brand new house and we're coming in and having to clean. And all the little things that were in here is like, dude, I can fix that no problem. That's not a big deal. But it's the fact that. I'm spending, you this, shouldn't have to. I'm spending this kind of money and that's what they kept going. They're like, we don't build a perfect house. And I'm going, okay, I understand that. But I said, I told him, I said, but you think this is okay that I should be having to come in and fix all this stuff. And, and anyways, I'm going to cliff note this thing. We're talking, we're going back and forth and they go, dude, if you're not happy with this house, we don't want you to buy it. And I go, well, no, you know, and he goes, and he goes, no, listen, if you're not happy with this house, we don't want you to buy it. And I go, what does that mean? And he goes, and the little, Freaking realtor. I've censored myself, Matt. The freaking realtor, <laughs> uh, he goes, we'll buy you out right now. We'll just buy you out. I'm you like, just walk. You can just walk away. And I'm like, <laughs> no, that's not happening. You know, we, we've been living with our freaking parents for a month. You don't even have a house. I don't like, even have a place to live, really. We've designed this kitchen and everything that we've wanted. We've done all the extras to the patio. And, and I'm not, and that, and that was their big dick move. That was their like, you know, they're laying on the table. What are you going to do now? You know, MF or yeah. kind of a thing. And um, you're like, get that three inches off the table. Exactly. Like, let's yeah. go. <laughs> <Your> baby carrot. <laughs> but that, that's, that's what that was them trying to say. You know, this is, we're not fixing any of this. There's nothing you can do about it or you can walk your ass away. And, and if you've been over, it, over cleaning a driveway in screens. Yes. Like, come on now. And like, if it had been, you would think you'd want your customer to be happy. I mean, that's yeah. just. So then. I'm talking, I'm still kind of going back and forth and, you know, and expressing my displeasure. The realtor guy, I guess he got on the phone with my contractor because we talked about the screen thing too. And, and my contractor, we specifically told him we want the screens and we, because they got those drywall mud all over them and stuff. And some of them are bent and he goes, yeah, I'll fix them and I'll do that myself. And then when he, when the realtor called the contractor on the phone while Joel was here, the guy was like, no. He denied it. He, so, denied, he denied us asking him to do the screens and saying that he would do them. So the realtor guy is walking away and I cannot, it's, it's driving me nuts. But he turned like that. And he, he chirped something. He said something smart ass. And I looked at his dad and I go, what's up with his effing attitude? And he turns around and goes, oh, uh, what? You know, like that. And then he comes and looked at me and I said, what's up with your attitude? Why are you giving me so much is attitude? Is this how you right talk now? to all your clients? And- then he says, he, he runs up on me. I didn't run, but he's fast walking. Yeah. Once, yeah. One step away from us being nose to nose. Mm-hmm. He goes, you need to, we need to step outside. You need to step outside right now. And I go, I, so I'm, I got my coffee, like, you know, this, this listeners can't hear it. I square up <laughs> and I go, are we really doing this? You know, we're going to do this right now. <laughs> and, <laughs> Joel would have pummeled his ass. <laughs> and, and I'm like, it's 
Fuck yeah. But, um, sorry, Matt. But the, uh, you're like, twerp all Molly, let's oh, go. I saw the locks, yeah. man. They were extending from his head right then, visually. But no, so, uh, his, his dad stepped in, you know, pushed him back, that kind of stuff. And then he ended up apologizing to me after that. But I was telling Stace, I'm like, I would have let that guy work on me a little bit. And then I would have whooped his ass <laughs> because, uh, because then it's like, I got some, I got some marks. Yeah. It's like, Hey, I'll see you in court. Let, let him throw yeah. the first punch or two and then, and then go to town. But he's just this little nerdy guy anyways, but it just, it's so mind baffling to me that he was like so nice, but then I, such a dick. But it, it, that was out of left field. Like I, and what's weird. I had a dream the night before that this thing went south. And I'm going to tell you this. You have that dream every night though. That's so. true. That's true. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you this too. He then Sleep goes and fighting. calls, he then goes and calls our realtor and basically degrades us and says condescending marks to him about, you know, they shouldn't have bought this house. They should have saved more and got something mm. different. Like basically what? saying like we couldn't afford it, which we more than could afford this. He's basically, no, he, what he was saying was that if I wanted a house that was more, that was per, how I wanted it, the perfection I was wanting, that I should have saved, you know, another hundred grand and got another house. Wait, so screens on your windows, which come with the windows, cost a hundred grand? Like, that's, I don't understand. That's what he was saying. And Joel was like, I've worked with people that have that have bought, you know, $300,000 homes up to two and a half million dollar homes. And these things are, ju- they just, that comes with the house. Like, like you get yeah, the same service. Normal- no house. You needed a different contract. And then he yeah. says, you know, Joel had mentioned something about, you know, he envisioned his wife being here and, and his kids, kids running, running down, down the halls. Home. And he tells our real or, you know, Joel wants all these things fixed just for his kids to run down the halls and scratch them up. Yeah, that, that's what? like that's like saying, okay, uh, so if I buy a Nissan, I should be okay if that if they scratch it or get or if people that test drove it have still have mud in the floor, I should buy it as is because it's just a Nissan. But if I buy yeah. a Mercedes, then then I can expect but, it to be. But that <laughs> just pisses he's me comparing, off. He's comparing this beautiful house. To a Nissan, in my opinion. So, so this guy's whole opinion is like, hey, we build a shitty house and you should be okay with that. Yeah. And it, the thing like, is, is like, it's absolutely beautiful, but it was just minor flaws that should have been cleaned up. Like we, my dad has already came through here and Joel has already came through here and we've like fixed all the little minor things. Yeah. It, was, it was trivial, but when you're spending this amount of money on something, that should have been done. And to call our realtor and degrade us and say, well, we should have saved more money. Oh, he goes, like, hey, Joel came by today. He's like, and- my realtor played dumb. He was like, "Oh, really?" He was like, "Yeah." And he was he was really rude. <laughs> <laughs> he almost beat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so he is a part of KBS, by the way. Who's that? Which one? Uh, the realtor and the builder. Oh, really? Yeah. You have to tell me their names so I can uh, yeah. screw them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, and you want to know what's weird? So we meet our new neighbors. Uh, a neighbor to our uh, right left, left is right, yeah. is um, has his own podcast. He's a podcaster. And then our other neighbor is really into bourbon and is a part of the Knoxville Bourbon Society. Oh, that's well. awesome. So that's yeah. pretty cool. But at the end of the day, guys, this house, I mean, because I walked through this house from start to finish and the house is built well. It's a strong home. Um, it's just that there was the little tiny aesthetics that yeah. were, that but pissed me off. And we weren't even going to bring him up. We even asked our realtor, like, are we being too nitpicky? And he was like, well, let's just ask anyway. The pressure washing I was bringing up. That's that's a bull. Yeah. So we've still got mud that we've got to clean up from that, but you know, whatever. So, you know, we close on the house, we get in, we're super, super happy. Um, Then Jeremy is going to do a little bit of backsplash duty for us. And (laughs) I go to meet him. Oh God. I go to meet him and fly out of Joel's driveway with my, my SUV full of stuff. Now I'm let you know, 
21 years of driving and I have never been in an accident and I've never been at fault for something. And I just wail out of his parents' driveway because I'm a, because fr- Joel's like, get over there. Jeremy's waiting. Oh, it's my fault. <laughs> like, get over there. It, this is all clearly Joel's fault. It was, it was Jeremy's fault because he was there waiting and I felt the pressure. I was there at the time I said I was going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> my bad. My he bad. was there on time. So I wail out of the driveway and boom, bam, right into the side of Joel's work truck. Yeah. I, I thought you just bumped into him a little bit. I saw it this morning. There's a, like half his truck is like caved in. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, it is. And it, and it sucks. I, you know, I went that whole six weeks living with his parents. I've cooked and I've cleaned and I felt like I've done such a great job. And his dad always says, don't park a car there because everybody always hits it. We've all hit it before. Mm-hmm. So I end up moving his truck to this spot so I could load up my car and forget the trucks there. And boom, there's, back there's, into it. There's been then many, I meet, then many I meet, vehicles hitting that spot over the years. Yeah, so I'm not the only one, but still, I was like terribly upset. And then I meet Jeremy and go to let him in. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to show him our beautiful house and we're going to get the towel put up and I don't have a key. <laughs> all that for nothing. But he did hand yeah, me a bottle of old granddad. Nothing. He handed me a bottle of old granddad 114. And so then I had a smile on my face and I my heart here, was warm. Here, you probably need this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave you alone now. I bought this for me, but I think you need it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I've got something for you in my truck. <laughs> oh, but that's so, that's our catch up, man. But I'm excited. Um, you know, me and Jeremy and, and Stace, we're going to be working on this little reload studio we got in here over the next, you know, couple months and whatnot, getting it all trimmed out and uh, looking nice. Yeah, the uh, the long-term goal for you listeners is to uh, to get some video content for you guys, you know, so you can see us in person and uh, mm-hmm. see Joel putting his nose in glasses all the time, you mm-hmm. know, just the, yeah. the good stuff. That means I have to, like, look nice for the camera. <laughs> I know. I'll, we're going to have to hire a makeup person. Like, <laughs> this right. is getting legit. Like, I, know. I didn't grow this hair out so that we couldn't, you know, I know. Do it up nice. I can't sit here and eat gummies and stuff because the, the show will be watching me, you know? So, yeah. but yeah, uh, something that we're excited about is that um, we have a gas range. So we're going to be cooking on gas now. That's, yeah, man. Um, that's kind of cool. Um, first cook in the oven. Yeah. Cooked up some bacon like I always do. Mm-hmm. 10 minutes. Freaking black. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, do you have the convection setting on? Evidently. The so, things go quicker when it's on convection. Yeah. So that's what happened. So it's got bake and then it's got the convection setting. And I don't know if I hit it, but the-, the what, what temp do you cook your bacon at? 400. Oh, okay. I usually do mine a little bit lower. Do you? Okay. Yeah. I do 400 and it's usually 14 to 16 minutes. Okay. And black by 10 minutes. I go to check on it. Boom. Smoke everywhere. Um and I thought, yeah, this is going to be really great. I consider myself a decent cook. I like the way I cook. And here, I can't even cook bacon <laughs> in my oven. But it, the, the the little screen is so sensitive to the buttons. I, I don't know if maybe I, like, hit the convection instead. So, well, we have had a week. <laughs> what? We have had a week. We have had a week. But speaking of gas range, rabbit hole on that, my damn uh, builder, asshole. Just kidding. Um but are you? Not really. Okay. So, um, ba- throughout this process too, we ordered an upgrade for our range hood. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get a call from him. Hey, uh, we got an under the cabinet hood here and you don't have an under the cabinet settings. And I'm like, yeah, cause we, we don't have to- any cabinets above our there's, stove. There's been no cabinets there this entire time. So side note, I saw you installing your own hood like a week or two ago. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's weird that he's installing his own hood. Yeah, cause yeah he didn't know how because to. the guy basically told me, I screw, these, I screw these up all the time. And, and I don't want to do it. And 
And it's, uh, I'd rather not do it. That's what he basically said. That's what your, he bil- says, your builder told you that. Yes. He said he hates doing, he hates doing them. And this is the guy that almost didn't let us put our own railings in here because, you know, liability and like all these things. And Joel was like, you know, we've been in business since 1954. Like, this is what we're doing. Like, yeah. We want our own product in our house. So, yeah. But I, yeah, he'll let Joel install an oven hood. So huh. I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. The up, so we, the, you see, you've seen our hood. It's an exposed yeah, hood. It's, it's it's it's. I mean, it's not an under cabinet hood, but it's not like some super complex. Right. Yeah. So he wanted the upgrade charge for them to do it uh-huh. was seven hundred dollars to put a hood on like that. Yeah. That was not vented outside. That was a recirculating hood. What? Yes. Now there's more. So through this process, I go. Well, I go, bro. It. I'm. I'm not saying his name. I go. Would it be better if I just did it? And he goes, yeah, I think that would work really well. He goes, I'll give, I'll give you, and I'll refund you what the under the cabinet hood would cost. He refunded me over five hundred dollars, okay, for the under the cabinet hood. Uh-huh. So, and then we didn't spend the seven hundred for him to install it. So look at that. What is that? What's that math? So you $1, just saved us twelve hundred dollars. Twelve hundred dollars, and that range hood in there was four hundred bucks. <laughs> okay, I mean, how much? I mean, this guy was bending me over, man. And he. Funnel, him and my dad were able to vent and, it outside of the house. And I've, yeah. got, and I've got it vented. Then the range gas hood. I'm sorry. I, this I've, I've got so many of these stories. I'm going to quit after this. <laughs> um, we were promised stainless steel appliances. Okay. We bought our own fridge, but mm-hmm. the, but the microwave, the dishwasher and the gas range oven was supposed to be all stainless steel. I walk in the damn house there's a gas range sitting in there, okay? And the only thing stainless steel on it is a little strip on the plate on the on back. On the back where the knobs are. Where the knobs are. And, and the under the drawer. And the uh, the handle. So yeah. it's 90% black with a couple of pieces of stainless steel. Uh-uh. And I'm like, that's not going to fly. So we went back and forth with them. They were like, well. The knobs are stainless steel. <laughs> yeah, no, this is the stainless steel model we put in all our homes. And I go, oh, that's funny because when you guys told me to go to your website and look at all of the um, kitchens and stuff, I said, all of them have full stainless steel. They go, yeah. they go well, the model the model we use changed. I'm like, well, you, you got to let me know that. Yeah. So I got yeah. some options. So anyways. We went back and forth. He tried to offer me some bullshit, um, like uh, credit, and I'm like, no, it's not happening. I called Lowe's, where they get them from. Yeah, thirty day return policy. Because they're like, we're gonna have to store this one yeah. now. Yeah. And- I, so I dropped oh that God. dick on the table, and they were like, okay, well, we'll just get a return. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, I ended up getting the one that I wanted, which a lot is <laughs> upgraded. But check this out, though. The ga- that gas range is an eighteen hundred dollar gas range. It was on sale for nine ninety nine. There you go. So wow. the, the after the it returned the other one. We had like maybe 200 bucks in that gas range. Nice. Let's go. Hey, yeah. nice. So that, was, that was pretty cool. So, no. I mean, there's, there's been tons of these little things and, but like, honestly, we've been living here for a week and we're in love with it. I love yeah. the design. I love everything that they've, you know, we've picked and chosen stuff, but they, it, it's, it's great. So We just have some stories, of course. One thing I do want to add though, off of the subject of the house, I know you guys are probably like, <laughs> but it seemed pretty <laughs> funny at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer Kirksey had a baby. Yeah. Yay. Spencer Kirksey official. He had a baby, um, him and his wife, Dana, and the little boy's name is Keaton, and we're so happy for them, and I just wanted to shout out a congratulations to Spencer. That's right. We're happy for you, Spence. So check out the Potty Mouth Boys on the Potty Mouth Podcast. You can hear more from Spencer and Paul. So. I think on their most current episode, they have a, a full rundown of the whole birth story. Oh, I haven't oh, heard that Oh, it was yet. great. Mm-hmm. I loved hearing yeah. it. 
I've heard and yet. yeah, and it sounds like things got a little little shaky during the delivery. Is it, really? Yeah, that's scary. From my from my standpoint, like nursing, I was like, oh wow, man, things got a little hairy, but things are great now. So, so one last thing, then we need to, we'll take a break. Is I want to announce that we've got brand new on the site right now. Reload hoodies. It's just getting really nice and cold. We've got two different styles. They're super soft, super comfy. And uh, they are unisex hoodies that you can get right now at ReloadRub.com. I'm wearing mine. We've had so many requests for this. I'm not wearing mine because it's hot as crap. All you hunters and outdoorsmen and stuff, everybody's like, when are you getting hoodies? When are you getting hoodies? And I cannot stop the DMs. They are out. Uh, Two different colors. Love them. They are like the most comfortable thing. I think that's all I'm ever going to wear. All right. So let's take a break. And on the other side, we are going to dive right into Christmas foods slash dinners in the one we're cooking today. So we'll see you guys on the other side. That's right. Let's go. We talking Christmas foods, Christmas dinners, and all things Christmas edibles <laughs> today. Christmas no. edibles? That's what we're talking hey, about. Man, it, that's it, what this podcast it, is It passed the house, okay? We just got to get to the Senate. So, um, it smells amazing in here. We actually, we're actually having our own Christmas feast today. Yep. Um, it is cooking. We'll talk about that uh, at, in a little bit. But first, I want to know, like, what do you guys do for Christmas? Like, are you guys cooking... A prime rib roast? Are you cooking a beef tenderloin, or are you going kind I, of uh, relaxed? I'm a ham guy. I want ham at Christmas. You seem like a ham guy. Yeah, I'm all, I go. He ham. Likes I like to meat. go ham. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to ham it up. No, we did a uh, we did a ham one year. Uh, plucked it full of cloves all through there, and um, and then we made a. Uh, did you do like the the pineapple rings with like the cherry in the center of each nope. one? No, no. Uh-huh. did not. Nope, we just did that. And then I did a bourbon glaze okay. over the top of it. It got nice and tacky, and it was, oh, man. It yeah, was it was good. really good. Nice. It was my first time uh, a couple years ago. Was it two years ago? Anyways, it, it, doesn't, ago, yeah. it doesn't matter. It was my first time actually using fresh cloves. Yeah. Um, me and my wife and our kids, we usually go down to Florida to see family for Christmas. Uh, my family and her family are also down there. So we'll go down there for about a week or so. And my mother-in-law usually does a Christmas dinner, Christmas Eve or Christmas day, something like that. Um, and last year I made her a seven bone, um, prime rib, Ooh. uh, cooked it sous vide. I was able to fit it in a bag, uh, put it in a Yeti cooler, put my sous vide in there, cooked it for like 20 hours, 16, 20 hours, something like that. And then finish it up over charcoal on the grill. And it turned out pretty good. Yum. Give me so you do like a whole big Christmas dinner with, with Momo? No. Uh, no, it's with no, Susie. Yeah, yeah. That's with Susie. Um, shout out Susie. She's probably listening to this. And um, yeah, she does one at her house. I don't know what we're doing this year with COVID going on and stuff. We'll probably end up doing something. But I mean, she usually has all the families get together at her house for some mm-hmm. sort of meal. Right. I think we have a, a more limited version of that this year. So we'll, we'll see what goes down. There you go. Matt, what you cooking on, brother? We, so we do something pretty non-traditional. We actually, uh, Julie's family has always gotten together on Christmas morning and had a big breakfast. And since, you know, 
things have just changed over the years where we're not usually able to get together on Christmas morning anymore. So we actually do breakfast for dinner on Christmas day. We get everybody together, you know, do the whole nine yards. We do biscuits and bacon and gravy and eggs. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Breakfast is one of the best meals anyway. So absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, usually we try to get together. We do like a big kind of like what we do for Thanksgiving where the families meld together and we just have like one huge get together and for that one, we do uh, finger foods. So like sausage balls or meatballs in the crock pot with the chili sauce and grape yeah. jelly and uh, little pigs in a blanket, you know, little, uh, what are they called? Not the Vienna sausages, but the, uh, the smokies. little smokies. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in, in crescent rolls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although well, that might those not are be good. bad. I, w- I would be opposed to trying it someday. <laughs> but yeah, that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's kind of what we do. So we always do Christmas Eve with Joel's family, and we usually cook up like a beef tenderloin or or something like that, like fillets. And then we host Christmas at our house every year for Mm. my family. And it's like a bunch of of finger foods. So we'll do something like a pork Mm. butt and, you know, and then it'll feed because there's 12, 13 of us. And um, we'll do like pulled pork sliders and then just like you do, like the crockpot meatballs. And we'll do like... Uh, this year we're doing like some deviled eggs and coleslaw and we're doing um, bacon wrapped little smokies. We're doing miniature cheese balls um, I'll and, tell you. and all different finger foods like that, because then, you know, we munch on it, we do our presents and then we usually play like some board games and stuff like that. And then you're hungry again, mm-hmm. you heat up, you get yep. some more finger foods and it's, it's so good. I look forward to it every year. I tell you what's a sleeper, Matt, is those meat, uh, those meatballs you were talking about with chili sauce and the oh, grape yeah. jelly. That's a sleeper recipe. And it's yeah. so easy. Just dump it in a, a so slow cooker and go and let it Such ride. Such a great man. sauce. Now, a recipe I kind of wanted to share was um, what I like to make every year at Christmas time is Christmas uh, pinwheels as like a snack. So yeah, you are, take your flour. Yeah. So you take flour tortillas um, and then in a bowl mix um, cream cheese. And then I mix fully loaded with it. Uh, You can also use like a dry ranch mix if you wanted to. And then I dice up green peppers and red peppers. um, Yeah. And uh, no, I think I do green onions and red peppers. I try to make them festive. So you got like the green and you got the red. Yes. You you do the little like the chive or the little green onion thing. Yeah. I think you do put green peppers in there too. Yeah. And so then you've got like crunchy. You mix it all in with the cream cheese, spread it flat on the tortilla, and then you roll the tortilla up elongated and then slice them into little pinwheels and they're they're a sleeper like just like you had said you got the crunchy fresh veggies in there and then that creamy fully loaded cream cheese with the soft tortilla and you put them out there it looks festive isn't that on the reload page um i'm not sure i'll check sure it's easy though like if you're supposed to bring an appetizer to like your family's house then do that and my mom actually brings those to our christmas eve get together with the snack really? foods. That's usually the thing that she contributes. So can totally vouch. They're awesome and super easy to eat, but they look good too with all the color that's yep. in them. Yep. Now I'll say we do, um, another thing. Uh, this is at Momo's house. Um, every Christmas morning she gets a birthday cake for Jesus and lights it. I think it's just cause my kids love birthday cake, but, uh, <laughs> we have birthday cake for breakfast. So yeah, we do I'm that. Here. <laughs> uh, so that sounds awesome. My kids would be like, crack addicts if they had birthday cake for breakfast oh momo's the worst yeah she uh she gives my kids everything that they shouldn't ever have so this isn't food related but i'm just curious totally not on the outline either but do you guys ever do like the white elephant gift exchange type game yes with your family i do it i do it with a wolf pack 
All of our girls. That's fun. My, That's fun. My, wi- my wife's family does a, a Christmas party every New Year's Eve, and we do a white elephant there. What the hell is a white elephant? It's like a secret Santa thing? Yeah, you yeah, know, you pick, you you pick, pick numbers gift. like one through yeah. ten, or it's like there's ten, everybody brings like a fun gift. I've and never called it white elephant. It's just been like, or secret. Oh. Can you call it like nasty dirty Christmas? Santa. It's, it's, it's like where you pick a gift and the person yeah. can steal your gift or get a gift under the yeah. tree. You call it dirty Santa, Santa, I think. It's dirty yeah. Santa, that's right. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we do like really shitty then, gifts. Like my brother did a, yeah. ma- a, a taxidermy <laughs> mounted squirrel one time. Oh, I was just saying my, my best gift ever. I, I had one for work one time. Uh, this is like years and years ago. And so I stopped at like Domino's on the way, got a large pizza, wrapped it in my car and put it under the tree. And so someone unwrapped like a large pizza and they're like, is this real? I'm like, yeah. And I reached over, grabbed a slice. So I was like, this is real. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so my mom makes this banana pudding that all of the family members go crazy for. And one year that was her uh, white elephant gift was just a wrapped up tub of banana pudding. It was That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So my brother one Christmas um, got my younger sister a, a present, okay? Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, the box was huge. The box was as big as this table. Mm-hmm. And he, he put all these like workout weights in the bottom and put paper all the way through it. And she was so freaking stoked, man. She was digging through the thing, got to the very bottom, and it was a can of, like, soul beans <laughs> oh. at the bottom. <laughs> uh, better when you were there. But it was, <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yeah, it's cool. So our friends at Haltman Family Meats actually sent us what we're going to be feasting on today. Uh-huh. Um, what's cool Mike. is um, they have all three options that we talked about today. They've got the bone in ham, the spiral Mm -hmm. ham. They've got uh, beef tenderloins, which, you know, we all have had their beef, their fillets, and it's the best. Phenomenal. Um, And then also, so what we're cooking today is the standing bone in rib roast. And thank you to Haltemans that for providing the meat. Um, You guys can go on haltemanfillymeats.com and use code reload to save you some change. Go ahead and have it. It's sent to you fresh, never been frozen. And it's going to be prepared for you already. That's what's Just be- go click, 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 have it shipped to your door and you're ready for Christmas. Yeah. I did a brisket a couple weeks ago and like, it was fun. Like I got to trim it myself. I got it from Costco and everything, but I was like, man, I wish this was the Haltman one. I was already <laughs> trimmed. I could just throw it right on. But the, the prime rib we're doing today, uh, I mean- it's trust, it's bone, it's good to go. French bones beautifully look, uh, looks awesome. Put some seasoning on it, put some fresh herbs on it and popped it in and we're, we're off to the races. Money. Yeah, so yeah. what we're doing today, you know, like he had just said, it's already ready to go. Um, Jeremy, what uh, seasoning did we put on there? Uh, we did a base layer of Magnum. So it has the salt, pepper, garlic, onion, all those herbs and, uh, you know, very crunchy, the, what we love on beef. And yep. then on top of that, we did some fresh minced uh rosemary, thyme, and tarragon, uh, just to give it a little bit of extra herb kick. And that's and what we- color. Yeah, in color. And, and color. Did you use anything see- as a binder? No, um, we were uh, we were going to use some stuff, but uh, it just didn't work out with what we had today. But you, you could definitely okay. uh, give it a little rub down with some olive oil, something like that would be really good. Yeah. So, yeah, so just uh, straight from the Haldeman package, coated heavily on the top with Magnum. All, all sides. All over with Magnum. All over. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the fresh herbs on the top. Um, and then, so w- equipment that you would need. So you need a cookie sheet with a roasting pan, like a lo- roasting rack, right? We put it on a pan just to catch all the juices and stuff. We are doing this one in the oven today. Um, we're having a little trouble with Joel's smoker. We were going to put it on the smoker, uh, but we did not. So we're, <laughs> we're doing this one in the oven today. Jostled it during transit. Yeah. And, um, 
it's good just to put that on a cookie sheet, even if you're doing it in your smoker, just so it's easy to get get in and out. And um, it is setting up on the ribs, so it's not touching. Um, it, this one wanted to lean forward a little bit, so I put a little bit of tinfoil under the front to hold it up. So it's kind of like it's on a roasting rack. Uh, the, the ribs are curved and working as the roasting rack to kind of hold it up in the air. Um, it's seasoned. Uh, we did like the, uh, the old school oven method where 15 minutes at 500 degrees, then drop it down to 300 degrees to slowly rise it up to temperature. And I am looking at the probe right now. It's reading 72 degrees in the center. So we're a little over halfway there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, m- maybe another hour and, uh, and we'll hit that temperature, let it rest for a little bit, slice her up. Now what's our target temperature for this? I'm going to shoot for about 120. Um, no. that'll give us about a medium rare. Um, I think something like a rib roast like this with all of the, uh, the fat that it has, you can cook it a little past rare and it's going to be good, uh, approaching medium. And then these are always crowd pleasers because the end pieces are going to cook a little more. So if someone does like a medium to medium, well, they're going to want that end piece. And then the center part is going to be a little bit more on the rare side. So, um, for those who are listening that don't know a rib roast, when you go to a restaurant and you order prime rib, that's essentially what you're getting. Correct. It should be, unless you yes. go to some crappy restaurant that well, doesn't do that. Are you trying to prime no. that story that I was telling you? Because because fuck those guys. <laughs> I went to a local restaurant a while back. I was telling them before the uh, the other day about this. Uh, I went to this restaurant and they had you know on the menu it it, it it was a breakfast buffet is what it was a really nice breakfast buffet thirty five dollars a person. I mean really nice fountains of chocolate and all sort of stuff. They have prime rib on this menu. And so I'm like, oh, hell yeah, prime rib. I'm going to go get a piece. Um, and, and and that's what prime rib is, folks. Um, it is a prime grade ribeye roast that was should roasted. Should be prime grade. Yes, should be prime grade. That's where the prime comes from. And then they slice it and you get a slice off of that. So essentially ribeyes, you know, just put back together. Without so, the bone. So I go up to this carving station to get me a piece. And what do they have? They have a sirloin roast there. Obviously a sirloin. I know what a fucking ribeye looks like. <laughs> and this guy's like, yeah, I got prime rib here. I'm like, no, the fuck you don't, dude. Like. Come on now. Jeremy's about to go ham. These people. Anyways, anyways, you know what? The guy who built your house, built your house probably goes there and eats their prime rib. I bet he does. Uh, I bet he does. He thinks it's delicious. Yeah. Asshole. Those guys. Anyway, what were we talking about? I don't know. Those guys. So yeah. So, and, and, and so you're taking that it's seasons. It's got the herbs. We're putting it in the oven at 500 for 15 minutes and then we're bumping it down to 300 till our target temperature. You're putting it in on that pan, fat side up. Well, yeah, because the fat cap is on the top of the rib and we want to use those bones as kind of a roasting rack. Like if you think like, um, like we just had Thanksgiving, if you were baking your turkey in the oven, you're probably using some sort of roasting rack to kind of raise it up. So it's not setting the bottom isn't setting in its own juices and stuff. The same idea, the bones of the rib roast are working as a rack to hold it up in the air. All Mm -hmm. right. So when you reach your target temperature, you are going to want to slice it off the bone. Well, you are going to want to slice it off after you rest. Uh, you want it to rest. Yeah, you're going to pull it out of the oven, uh, cover it with some foil, let it rest for 20, 30 minutes on the countertop if you can, uh, just so that the juices can redistribute to the uh, the entirety of the roast and you're not leaking all out. Yeah. And then um, what Joel was saying, cutting it off the bone, this one from Haltiman, what they did was is they actually cut it off the bone and then tied it back to the bone, trust it back. it back up together. So when I go to slice this one, all I got to do is cut those strings, 
the actual meat's going to come right off the bone, and then we can just go to slicing it. I mean, it's so easy, mm-hmm. and it's so amazing, and too. you can get as thin or as thick a slices as you want on yeah. this thing. And if you're going to get one of these not from Haltzman, I'd recommend you slice it off the bone and then put it back on the bone. That way, when you go to slice it fully cooked, you're not having to wrestle it off that bone. Um, it, it's, it's already off, and you just take it off and then slice yeah. it. Yep. Now, for those of our listeners okay. that are, instead of using their um, oven, uh, say they were going to use their smoker, would you suggest cooking this a different way? Uh, today we were just going to let it, uh, let it roast in there at 300 degrees. Uh, that's going to form a nice bark on the outside while not burning anything. And then at 300 degrees in the smoker, you you know, you're, you're just above like a hot smoke temperature. So you're going to get a lot of nice smoke flavor on there. That's, that's essentially what we were going to do today. Um, but you, but, but if you really want to form like a thick crust on there, you can do the exact same method where you, um, where you would roast it at 500 and then drop that temperature back down to 300. And then, um, you know, uh, we had pit barrel on just last week. Uh, their method is just hanging it at two seventy five, which is also great and stuff. You know, what that convection, that, that dry convection that pit barrel offers, yes, gives uh, you that crust anyways. Because you have something so fatty as a prime rib, you know that that rib roast is going to be dripping down in yeah. there, and that smoke's going to be coming back up in there. Um, I've never done a ribeye on the on the pit barrel, but I think it would be fantastic, a fantastic way to cook it. And the same with all these methods, just watch your temperature. You know, j- j- your internal temperature is the most important thing here. I almost wish we had fired up one of the pits and done it. I saw yours out there and I was like, maybe we should do it on there. But I was like, oh, we got people coming. We got things. You well, know. And I don't at, know if we have charcoal. At, at that point. Yeah. Well, we, that we, too. We, we can just <laughs> fill it with pellets. Yeah. Yo, yeah. That's what yeah. Noah think, said. Yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> just kidding. That is pit barrel approved. Just dump some pellets in there and uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> hashtag don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> now, timing wise, like you want to allot for a couple hours to do this. What you think 14, 15 minutes per pound ish on these rib roasts? I, I don't know what that math is. Uh, I, I estimated about uh, two. So ours is like seven pounds. So what's seven times 14, Joel? You're laughing at me. Seven times 14. Let's go. Come on. Come on. What is it? What is it? It's a number. What is it? it? (laughs) Anyways, uh, I estimate about two hours for this one. A hundred minutes. 98 minutes, actually. Laughing at your wit. That's cool, Stacey. Anyways, um, (laughs) no one wants to hear from you, nerd. (laughs) Yeah. I was guesstimating about two hours from this one, and uh, we were going to start at 10, but we had trouble with the smoker. We didn't start till 10.30. It's about an hour and a half in. We're at set, uh, 76 degrees. So this one's probably going to take about two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm getting hungry. I think uh, it needs to speed it up a little it bit. It smells fantastic. Maybe, yeah. maybe we'll bump it up to, to 305 degrees. It really, really does. Now, okay, now some people like to do a beef tenderloin or fillets on Christmas. Um any typical method for beef tenderloin? You know, the the when we've done them in the past over at my mom's house, it's always just been roasted in the oven or whatnot. A, a full tenderloin? Full tenderloin, mm-hmm. yeah. I would love to do one in the smoker. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, we all, I think we all agree whether you're doing it over charcoal and smoke. It's just that extra added element just really takes it up to the next, yeah, next it, level. The same way where a rib roast is just, you know, ribeyes put back together into a roast form. These are just fillets put back together into a roast form. So yeah. treat it like you would a fillet. I'd want a nice sear on the outside and then and, and then a slow cook for the now, inside. I have seen people- Are you saying sear first or sear last? So we have one of those and we were contemplating cooking either that or the prime rib today and we chose to go with the prime rib. If we were going to cook that one, I would want to sear it in a pan first and then smoke it 
that way I could use all that fond on the bottom to build some sort of uh, sauce to go with it because I like to make a little sauce when I'm having a roast. Uh, today we have a demi-glace uh, to go with the prime rib roast, but with that one, I'd do some sort of pan sauce, like maybe um, like, like a poivier sauce, something like that, a pepper and cream sauce with that fond in the bottom there. What's a... Cause I don't know what's a demi-glace. So it's half brown sauce, uh -huh. like the uh, like like we did the turkey uh, the turkey gravy. Yep. Uh, where you use the um, you know you you build a roux and you have the fun and all that stuff. Um, so half brown sauce and then just half stock mixed together and reduced down severely until it gets very velvety and creamy. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. So I have seen people also with the tenderloins where they will basically kind of cut with them out, not like cut it in half, but like. You know, cut it, flop it, cut it, flop it till it's thinner. Yeah. And then they roll it up and truss it and make it a tighter. It's it's not so long elongated. Like put stuff in it? Like I don't No, I mean just like I've, a I've, pinwheel? I've seen them well, because you've got some thinner edges at the end. Oh, I you gotcha. Know? Yeah. So they roll it all up and truss it so that it's uh one solid. It cooks more even. So we haven't opened the one from Halteman. I'm but, curious but, to see but, how that but, looks. But knowing the quality of meat that they put out, I would imagine and knowing what they do with their meat there, I would imagine they cut those ends off <laughs> and those end, those ends go into their um what go into you, their What are you giggling at, Matt? Sorry, I'm a child. He said I know what they do with their meat there, and I couldn't hold oh. it. I know what they do with their meat there. Mike. They gobble it. Oh. Um, but th they have filet burgers. Yeah. So I would imagine those little nubby ends they that are going to burn ends. up, they cut those off, and that's what their filet burgers are made of, and they're just sending you that that beautiful center-cut piece that is yeah. uniform in size. Uh, some people will call that like the Chateaubriand. Um, I know other places will call it that. But is it is the center-cut uniform piece because I, I – at one end, you're going to have a head mm -hmm. that kind of hangs off weird. At the other end, you're going to have a tail that tapers off to nothing. So those ones are not fantastic for roasting. And the size and the shape of the package they sent us, I guarantee that's what they did. And something I wanted to add, you know, I actually just placed an order to, since we're, we've moved in now, I wanted to put some more things in our freezers. I, I placed a halt of an order and I was checking out the prices and the beef tenderloin, the whole beef tenderloin is really affordable. So I've-, I've Do you remember how much it was? I'm going to look it up because I'm afraid to say what I think it is, just in case I'm wrong. Um, it's $12. I think, I think <laughs> American, please. Now, have you all ever seen where, um, well, I know you don't like this stuff, but I do. I like pinwheels. I like things that are like when, when I- I don't like things put inside of other things. You don't. Well, I- <laughs> I do. That's unfair. I would disagree. You have two children. But no, um, the, uh, but no, I like, I, I think doing a beef tenderloin and coming up with some sort of like a arugula or spinach or some sort of, you know, mushroom garlic, you know, some peppers, whatever, and rolling it up inside that would be, I think that'd be fantastic. And then slicing that off a little after it's all trussed together into little little bite-sized half-inch pieces. Mm. Here, that's water. What do you think? I've Matt? seen people do that, but I've never never done it myself. I've mm. never wasted a, a beautiful steak in that manner. <laughs> I mean, I I feel you on that because it is a fillet. Yeah, you know, and it's like you get this beautiful piece of meat, and you're slathering it with stuff. I like, do, I do get that. Stacy, how much is that whole tenderloin? The USDA prime black Angus fillet roast, a two and a half pound one, is ninety five ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. Use our coupon code. I think you get 15%. 15% off. Because yeah. a choice at a grocery store easily runs $25 a pound. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's a, that's fantastic. Yeah. You can get a four and a half pound one, which of course is, is a little bit more change, but for a two and a half pounder, which is going to feed, I mean, that's quite a bit. But the difference is too, is it's, it's when you unwrap that mother, it's ready to cook. There's no trimming. There's, yeah. there's, there's nothing else you need to do to it, but that Matt. 
Yeah, something we did this year, too, that's something good probably for listeners to keep in mind. So it's just Julie and I and the new baby, and we're not having any big family get-togethers because we've got a new baby and all the craziness going on. So we just got a couple of fillets rather than buying the whole tenderloin and actually prepared them in a way similar to what you would do uh, like a, a tenderloin roast. So I did, uh, we had two fillets from Haltman. Uh, took them straight out of the freezer and put them on a rack in the refrigerator to thaw, just open air. And oh. once they thawed for a couple of hours, rubbed them down with some like coarse brown mustard that I actually made myself. But Ooh, you don't have nice. to do homemade mustard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I sprinkled it with Magnum and let that Magnum have time to kind of get like softened up. Then uh, put it in the sous vide. Let it sous vide for a couple of hours and brought it up to like medium rare and then seared it hard in a skillet. And like Jeremy was saying, I used that fond in the skillet to build a sauce. It was so good. But just to just want to throw that out there as a good alternative to some of these huge cuts, because that standing rib roast you guys have today, you're going to easily be able to feed like six to eight people off that thing. Yep. And very similar with a full beef tenderloin. If you're having smaller get togethers, you can also prepare steaks off of these big primals. Uh, that way, you know, you don't have to have this giant cut of meats. You got to figure out what to do with when you. You don't have that many people to feed. Yeah. So actually I got one and my intention. So we've got one in there that we, a whole beef tenderloin that we are all going to cook together um, and talk about on the podcast. Um, but I got another one and I, and I intend to use some of it and make fillets from it. Yeah. Cause like that two and a half pound one, you could easily feed five adults. Cause I mean, generally speaking, when you get a fillet, they're six to eight ounces. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have five, eight ounce fillets coming off a two and a half pounder. So if it's, it's your family, five, six people getting together, that's plenty. That's mm-hmm. a big steak too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a nice that's, buttery that's a solid meat. Fillet, yeah. Cause you're not cutting off any fat there. I mean, it is pure. The whole entire thing is edible. It's not like a ribeye where you're going to be cutting off this and that, which mm-hmm. not, not for Joel. Joel I mean, eats all that fat. All, all the fat. Yeah. So, um, real quick before we take a break, um, let's talk the two sides that we're cooking today with, um, oh, with hold this. on real side note real quick off something Matt said, um, Matt, you said, you know, you at your house now, you, Julie and Harper and stuff. Um, I got your, your Christmas card the other day and it was from Matt Farr and Julie Farr. And, um, I want to know what Harper's problem is with me. Yeah. What's up? What's up with that? <laughs> she just can't write yet. You know what? <laughs> Well, when her and I finally meet, we're going to have some beef, so. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, back to sides. So, Julie's been wrapping Christmas presents for my parents, and she's been writing, like, to mom, uh, to dad, from Matt and Julie. And I was like, you have to address those to Mimi and Pa now, and they have to Uh say from Matt, Julie, and Harper. Yep. That's (laughs) it, That's right. She's like, oh, I completely forgot. So, we figured it out. That's funny. Family party of three. That's right. Our party of three. So, all right, where are we at? Sides, real quick. Uh, sides we're doing today? Yeah. So we're doing the, um, which I think we've all had these before, the sous vide mashed potatoes, uh, the palms puree. Mm. Um, normally these are uh, rosemary garlic. Um, over Thanksgiving, we did a little alteration to these where we took out the rosemary and doubled the garlic. So that's what I did for you guys today. So they are garlic palms puree and the sous vide. Uh, super, super easy recipe. If you guys are into sous vide, you just throw all the ingredients into a bag and cook it for an hour and a half. It's so incredibly easy. And then we're also going to be doing some maple bourbon glazed carrots. Uh, these are just going to be roasted carrots that are finished up on the grill with a maple bourbon glaze. This is the, sa- for those. the same glaze that we did at Wingfest last year. Um, you know, uh, um, uh, maple syrup, bourbon, a little bit of butter to cut it and a splash of Worcestershire and glaze that on there. Good to go. It was, it's going to be money and I'm excited. And the, the, with the, the sous vide mashed potatoes you made, mm-hmm. 
You just dot, you just chopped those up into medallions, right? And threw them in the bag. Yeah, uh, you guys can find the recipe. Um, I think originally it's, it's in a Nova, which is a sous vide cooker. Uh, it's on their website, but it's just uh, like two pounds of potatoes uh, peeled, uh, cut into like quarter to half inch sections. Yeah. Two sticks of butter, a cup of milk, salt, pepper, and then originally it's like five cloves of garlic. I upped it to like ten cloves of garlic, and uh, those will roast in the bag. There was the butter melted previously. No. Just throw the stick in. Just throw everything in. So I think this- I, I, I cut it up into cubes just yeah. so it would be a little more evenly dispersed. But yeah, no. All right. Before, before we break, I just want, I, I'm excited uh, that we're using the sous vide today because I do think during the holidays when things are hectic, yes. a lot of family coming over, mm-hmm. this is a great contraption that you can use to make sure that whatever dish you have in there is mm-hmm. not going to be screwed up. Yeah. Like if you're a little nervous about cooking a prime rib or stuff, like that's what I was saying. When I cooked that seven bone one down in Florida, like I can't bring a smoker with me. Mm-mm. I put it like when I was still here in Knoxville, I put the entire prime rib into a bag. I had it seasoned. Everything was ready to go. Um, and then I froze it and then I brought it down to Florida with me and I cooked it in the cooler with the sous vide perfect temperature. All I had to do was sear it on a grill. Yes. Last thing on a sous vide. The the thing with sous vide guys, you set the temperature you want it to be at and that meat cannot go over that temperature because Mm -hmm. that thing keeps the water. It circulates the water at that exact temperature. Yeah. At that Mm -hmm. exact temperature. So whatever you set it to, you're not ever going to overcook whatever you're putting. Have we done an episode on sous vide yet? I don't think so. Matt, No, maybe we should do one. Let let us know, uh, respond in the comments when you see this on Instagram or wherever you're at. Let us know if you want us to do a full in-depth dive into sous vide and uh, we'll make that happen for you. We could go to town. So, all right, let's take a break. And on the other side, we got some more good, good to talk about. Stick with us and we'll see you there. Yeah. With with, with On the flip side? On the flip side? We're going to be chatting with Mike. Oh, miggity, miggity. Mike Haltman. Calling in. <laughs> See y'all on the other side. What's up, brother? Hey, Joe. What's up? How's it going? It's going good, man. So you are live right now on That Reload Podcast. Hey, Mike. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. What's, What's up, up, buddy? Guys? I've got to tell you, we have, we've got um, that prime rib roast in the oven right now. Thanks we're, to you guys. Mike, we're sitting at 109 degrees, about 10 more degrees to go. I'm going to pull that sucker out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure. I'm sure. It sounds like it's going to be tasty. Yeah. <laughs> So, man, first of all, thank you for sending all that jazz. Uh, we've been talking about it in the previous segments, and I'm sure some people are going to be getting some Haltman meat from all this. But we wanted to catch up with you, man, because it's been a long time since we had you on the podcast and that we had talked and everything. And I wanted to hear how your Thanksgiving uh, season went. How did you guys get hit pretty hard with everything? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good catching up again. But, yeah, it is. Um, this is our time of the year, I guess you would say. Um, from pretty much beginning of November till about the end of the year, usually it's kind of uh, our busiest busiest season. Mike, uh, with Thanksgiving we do the turkeys, so that keeps us busy. And then Christmas, it's all the beef. Yeah. Hey, Mike, do you have any idea how many turkeys you guys sold this year? Um. No, we usually don't keep track on turkeys as much as more. We just kind of keep track on weight from year to year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this year, definitely, we sold, I would say, maybe not less turkeys, but we sold less weight uh, simply because I think people were buying uh, smaller turkeys instead of the bigger turkeys like they normally do sometimes because yeah. they weren't having the, the bigger uh, gathering. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. That makes sense that that would affect that. I think I would want that number. So you could lay it out on the table and look at me turkeys we sold. But How many pounds of turkey? <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's me. That's awesome. So yeah, my- honestly, I, honestly, I don't even know the exact weight. Wait, I don't. Uh, I'm not in charge of ordering all the turkeys and stuff, so I'm I'm not even positive on the exact weight. All right, so I'm just curious. You know, during the Christmas season leading up to this, what are you selling the most of? Are you selling those beef tenderloins, the uh, bone and hams, or uh, the rib roast? What What does it seem to be that everybody's going for? So normally Christmas is the most popular item, I would say, is the rib roast. Um, so we haven't, like this, and like yesterday and now starting next week will kind of tell us what we're, we're going to be selling a lot of. So usually about a week or two after Thanksgiving, it dies down for a little bit. People get rid of their leftovers and then they start thinking about Christmas. So yeah, we're, we're kind of in the dark this year, really, on, you know, knowing what, I think, if I would have to say, I think it's going to happen the same way as what it did with uh, Thanksgiving. People might still get the rib roast, but they might only get a two, three bone versus sometimes where, where they used to get like a four or five bone. I don't know, man. I'm I'm hoping that with this, uh, you know, the vaccine coming out and all that stuff, that uh, COVID's not going to be a big dickhead and uh, that people are actually going to get together for this holiday, you know, as opposed to... <laughs> you know, just staying with smaller groups. I, I mean, I'm to me personally, I'm seeing it out there. I'm seeing people that are, we went shop. We went Christmas shopping and the yeah, people weren't stopping. There was people everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. heck, we even went out, we went and got a bite to eat, man. It actually felt like old times, uh, for once. Yeah. So we have, we're in Philadelphia with the, with our market and they actually, the Friday before Thanksgiving, they pretty much shut the city down again. So that's kind of working against us there. And now, so that's now shut down till January 4th as far as uh, no indoor dining, all the gyms, the movie theaters, all that wow. stuff is, is shut back down again. So that's yeah, a like bunch said, of I mean, it's, Yeah, it, it is what it is. But I think one other thing with the Christmas, it seems, you know, we do sell ribos, but it seems like Christmas is a longer holiday for a lot of people than um, like Thanksgiving where turkey is kind of main, the main dish. Where Christmas, they might have a rib roast, but they also do a ham on the side or do something else on the side there. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier is one of my staples is I got to have a ham for Christmas. All right, so what are yeah. you picking? What are you? What, how's Christmas look with your family? In the Haltman household, the Mike Haltman yeah, household. Mike Haltman. The, the Mike Haltman. <laughs> how, how does that look? <laughs> so... For me, cooking, I actually like to do something that I don't work with. So I actually often do like a salmon or I'll do, I still got to have a little bit of beef, but honestly, a rib roast, I love the rib roast, but once a year is enough for me on the rib roast just because I think it's, yeah, it's traditional, it's Christmas, it days Christmas, all that, but you can't beat this, the ribeye with the nice char on every side and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So I, I still like to do the ribeyes once a year usually. 
Yeah, it's just, you've, you've got it right at your fingertips. It's not something that you're like, I've got to have it every month or something like yeah. that. So yeah. I, I can see where you yeah. steer clear of that. That's that's for me, you know. I, I cooks. I'm such an amazing chef that sometimes I just like to slum it and I like to go get some takeout Chinese or you know some bar food. That's just you know that's just me. I, yeah, I understand yeah, that. You do that six seven times a week, don't you, Joe? <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah. you know, I'm just you know, kiss my ass, Jeremy. Okay, medium burn. <laughs> that was a good, that was a good medium burn. So, Mike, I hope you enjoy. I want to thank you for everything, man. Um, you know, yes, we, we love you. We love Haltman Family Meats. Everybody who's listening, use code Reload. You can go save you some change. Get your Christmas dinner, foods, whatever you want to get. And stay tuned because we are going to be cooking in the coming weeks or months. We're going to be cooking yeah. the bone-in smoked ham and beef tenderloin. Hey, Mike, before we let you go, I want to give you a chance. Is there anything that you guys have going on that you want to push or promo? Anything going on in the shop you want to talk about? I want to make sure you got a chance to talk about it. Well, I would just say one thing, like right now, like I said, the ribs and the tenderloin is a big seller for us. I would just, you know, when you go to buy a rib roast, I would just make sure that, okay, so a lot of people label their rib roast, it's known as prime rib, but that doesn't always say that it's prime grade. So when you go to a restaurant and you order their prime rib, the most of the time, that's probably not going to be prime grade beef that they're given to you. So we like to label ours as standing rib roast, and then we'll mark them prime standing rib roast or choice standing rib roast. And yeah, I just think that's something people should look out for. Is uh, don't it's not always that you when you buy a prime rib that it's actually a a prime piece of beef. It's just that's what everybody calls. A rib roast this time of the year. It's just, oh yeah, this is a prime rib. Yeah, so. it, it is. Because, but, yeah. but I've read that. I read that um, when I was researching about the prime rib roast. That it, it's kind of like saying, "Do you want a boneless or a bone-in wing?" I mean, yeah, it's not a wing. <laughs> one's a chicken yeah. breast and one's yeah. a chicken wing. <laughs> but we call it a wing because it's buffalo, yeah. just like the prime rib yeah. roast. Like it does mm-hmm. not mean it's prime. That is false yeah. advertising. Yeah. Yeah. Does a boneless wing exist? <laughs> no, it doesn't. That's, but they're not wings, they're nuggets. I think those come from flightless birds. But to Mike's point, uh, just be careful what you're purchasing because you could be paying prime prices for something that's only choice grade. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Or exactly. if you just want to nip it in the bud, exactly. just get it from Halton Family Meats and you won't have to worry about it at all. So. Yeah, uh, Mike, the, yeah, uh, the trussing job and the butchering job you guys did on the one we have today is fantastic. We didn't even touch it with a knife. We just seasoned it and put it right in the oven. It was good to go. And that's like one of our favorite things about ordering from you guys. And that's, that's one other thing on the rib roast. That's something we like to do is where there's more and more people that do it, but we like to French them all just because of the mm-hmm. appearance and how it looks where, uh, you know, if you go as Depends where you go. They're probably not going to mm-hmm. French it. Um, and then you have like that big uh, lump of fat there by the bone. Yeah. And then you guys also separate it from the bones and then and then folded it back on there and trussed it up. So it's going to be super easy to carve that guy up. Yep. That's All correct. Right, man. Well, Mike, dude, we love you, buddy. And we hope that you enjoy your, <laughs> your salmon for Christmas. <laughs> your Christmas fish. <laughs> your Christmas fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christmas fish, yeah. All right, my man. Well, thanks for the call, All right, guys. brother. Merry, right. Merry yeah, Christmas Merry to Christmas, you. Merry Christmas, Mike. See ya. Mike with Haltman Family Meats, everybody. Love that guy. 
so cliche. Hey, Morning, everybody. Hey, let's give him a round I of applause. I do that with every guest. All right. <laughs> let's take a break. Shut your face. And on the other side, we're going to be doing Rapid Fire with Jeremy in your favorite segment of all the segments. Radio Load Recommends. Yours truly. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back from that break, guys. Uh, fantastic to always have Mike on the show, but now we're going to jump into your favorite segment. Rapid Fire Question. And today we are going to go Stacy, Joel, and then Matt. Ooh, I want to be last. First question. <laughs> fa- last. All right, guys. First question. Favorite Christmas movie. Stacy. It's a tie. Can I say two? Sure. The Christmas Story and Home Alone. Okay. Joel. I'm a big Chevy Chase fan. Christmas Vacation. Oh, that's go. a good one, too. Yep. <laughs> Matthew? I, I got to say Christmas Vacation and Elf are tied for my favorite. El, oh, El, Elf's a solid. That's a solid one. There. All great, but I'm really disappointed no one said Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Oh. I figured that was yours. Ah. Yep. Damn it. What is a group of raccoons called? Stacy. Trash. Joel? A panda pack. <laughs> Matt? Uh, a rabies. It's called a gaze, a gaze of raccoons. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Next one is true or false? Or if they are. Yes, the next one is true or false. <laughs> he wants to know if they're gays. They're gays. <laughs> oh, no, Joel. Joel, you always put your foot in it. <laughs> yeah. The next one is true or false? The earth is flat, so if we just flip it over, it'll be like the cool side of the pillow, and boom, no more global warming. True or false? false. Stacey. 100% true. Exactly. Matt. Elon I'm beginning to think you really think the earth is flat. You never know. Elon Musk is going to do it for us. Don't worry. I once yeah. brought a one-foot level on a plane so I could uh, put the level on the skyline, you know? That's what that's, that's how you test that. Duh. That's Real, all you got to do. Real tree or fake tree? Stacey. Uh, current situation, fake tree. Fake. That? Usually real, but fake this year. Gotcha. What is the first rule of the bread club? Stacy. Don't talk about the bread club. Joel. Don't speak of bread club. Matt. What's Bread Club? Exactly. Oh, oh, shit. Oh. Is holiday music playing in your house right now? Yes or no? Or during this season? Absolutely. That's all that's on. Yes. Cool. All the time. Oh, yeah. Leonard Skinner Christmas album? <laughs> there you go. You have a special holiday song, don't you, that you shared with us? You play around Thanksgiving? You shared with us that song oh, that Julie loves? Yes. Alice's Restaurant by Arlo Guthrie. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Next question is a fan-submitted question. What? It is, yes. Someone reached out on Instagram asking this specific question, and for me to ask it to you, I'll reveal the fan after the question. How do you pronounce this coffee maker's name? It is spelled C-H-E-M-E-X. Stacy. (laughs) Me, 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 me. It's Chemex, but... No, Chemex. That is the correct pronunciation, Joel. Yes. Dang it. <laughs> Boom. It's not Chemex? That's it's right. Not, it's not Chemex. And uh, the person who submitted this question was uh, the artist formerly known as Girlin Wakoda, the Alpha Instinct. <laughs> Paul, our man. Hey. He specifically Chemex. wanted Matt to answer this last because he th- thought Matt would get it correct. But no. 
Joel, eat, Joel got eat, it. Eat a dick, Paul. High school education right here. Chemex. <laughs> Chemex. Okay. And uh, uh, Paul pronounced it Chemex. Uh-huh, I heard that's it on the podcast. That's how he likes to pronounce because he's Mexican. Yes, he said that's a me- Mexican pronunciation. Okay. I said I use the German one. I got so, you. Yeah. What is, the, what is the secret to staying down to earth? Stacy. What's that supposed to mean? What is the secret to staying down to earth? Alcohol. Joel, don't jump. Matt? Not getting on airplanes. Uh, the answer was gravity. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Who would win a fight? Win in a fight, Elmo or Oscar the Grouch? Stacy. Elmo, because he goes like freaking ape shit. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. Elmo's got that that solid berserker mode. Okay. Okay. Matt. Uh, I'm not familiar yet. My daughter's not old enough to watch Sesame Street. Uh, did to, you, to, not, did watch you it? not watch it as a kid? Anyway, no. uh, to give you an idea, Elmo's kind of like a playboy, and Oscar the Grouch is kind of like a trash panda. Um, I would put my money on Oscar, but, you know, Record whatever. scratch. Seriously, you never watched Sesame Street as a kid? I mean, I'm fam- I'm familiar, but I didn't really watch it, no. Huh. All right, that brings us to our final question of the evening. Are Reload Rubs greatest seasoning of all time? Crazy. Am I hungry right now? Joel? Would I have beat my uh, <laughs> my contractor's realtor's ass? I was say, what are you beating over there? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Matt? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> and that brings us to the end. Joel, I'm going to throw it over to you. That's right, guys. It's time for that segment you've been waiting for, the one you love the most. It's that time for my segment. Reload recommends, or we recommend things that you think we think are badass for you. So that being said, let's roll into... That's right, guys. Let's do this. It's Reload Recommends. We're going to start off today with Jeremy first, Matt second, Stacy third, and always yours truly last. All right, guys. So today I'm going to recommend that you cook your meat to the proper temperature, which is why I'm going to leave right now and go take our prime rib out of the oven because it just hit temperature. Well, that was a convenient order that I put you in. All right. So. Almost like we planned it. <laughs> Matt, what you got, brother? Man, I hate that uh, that Jeremy's not here for this just because uh, for this week's Matt's music, I'm actually bringing a listener submission. Just like his one of his rapid fires was submitted by a listener, this week's Matt's music was also submitted by a listener. So I've had several folks send me songs uh, to listen to, and I always check them out. So keep them coming, please. Uh, if you come across an album you like and think it might be a good one for our playlist, feel free to shoot it over to me on Instagram at barbecue. So... This week's pick comes from Instagram user Three Legged Barbecue or Three Legged Barbecue. Uh, the band is called Thieving Birds, uh, and this is a song from their 2020 album called American Savage, called Time Keeps. So these guys have that sort of like red dirt Americana sound that I've been so into, especially this fall and winter. So I've been listening to that album nonstop. Thanks for sending that over uh, and keep them coming. That's solid, bro. Love, love, love all the music that you recommend. And it's pretty freaking cool that we actually got a listener this time that submitted one and it did slap. So Stacy, what you got, honey? All right. So I am also bringing a song today and where I heard it was on... Paul's um, Instagram. He had storied about it, The Alpha Instinct. And what I am bringing is a song by Alan Raymond from his album, Christian. uh, Came out in 2020. I'm not 
as good as, as, as you are. With the whole like. I, so a little behind the scenes, I actually write what I'm gonna say out every time. That way, I just have to read it. <laughs> there you go. So that's what I need to do. So this song is called Road Warrior, and it slaps. Here we go. Let's go. She said, "Boy, you ready for night?" I never been afraid like this my whole life. I never been nice and I never been sweet. But I love you, honey, and that's what you need. She's fine, she's wild, she's wicked, she's cool. And it ends up slapping some more, but I'm not gonna play the whole thing for you guys. Um, Go over to Spotify, follow Reload Recommends. That song will be on there. That's like a weird album cover on the front of that one. It is kind of weird. It's a great song, though. Okay. Never heard that. Thank you for sharing, Sugar Pants. You're welcome. It's a good song. So let's round this thing out, guys. I'm going to recommend a bourbon to you all that I just recently came across. Um, Very tasty. I've had um, a buddy of mine cook him a Swiss, Mr. Chris Robertson. He was the one who kept recommending it to me, saw it, grabbed it. And it is a bourbon called Rabbit Hole is the uh, the brand. And it's Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, and uh, it's called Cave Hill, I guess, is their ver- their version. they got four different uh, flavors you can get. It's a 95 proofer. Um, but the cool thing about this one is that it is a four grain bourbon so this is actually the first bourbon i've ever had it's four grain it's 70 percent corn 10 percent malted wheat 10 percent malted barley and 10 percent honey malted barley so um you know a lot of them you're going to have either corn rye barley corn wheat barley you know that kind of thing but it's a i drank it last night i opened it up i let it breathe I put it in my Norlin glass, and I actually let it sit in the glass for another probably 15 minutes, just nosing it every now and then, and it kept opening up, and it went from like something that your most common would be a caramel bomb, and it ended up tasting like this, like a soft, or not soft, smelled like a soft peanut butter cookie. That's what I kept getting in my head when I was smelling it. It was fantastic, and then even that even translated over to when I actually started tasting it. So very well-rounded, um, very tasty bourbon, Kind of in that fifty to sixty dollar range. It's a little higher, but um, very tasty. That's amazing. You said it's a four grain, yeah. And there's no rye in the mash bill. No rye. I'm, I'm blown away by that. I'd like to try that. I know it's uh, it's wild, dude. It's a. Uh, I mean, I'm, you, I'm not going to go ahead and say this is like the greatest bourbon I ever had in my life, but it's just a really good. It's it's one that I'm going to have in my arsenal all the time. Yeah. So does it drink more like a weeder? Because there's no, you're not getting any of that rye spiciness. You know? Yes. So it, it's, it's smooth. It's got that sweetness like a weeder does, um, especially mm-hmm. with all the corn that's in it as well. But it's, it's got this, it just, it stays with you. And you know how we drink some bourbons and they're, they got that velvety creaminess that just, just oh, yeah. hangs out with you. Um, it doesn't have yep. a huge alcohol punch, but man, I'm telling you what, it, uh, the layers of flavor that come through on it are very pleasant. Mm-hmm. What's it proofed at? Ninety five. Okay. Which normally I'm a hundred. Yeah, pl- I'm a hundred plus guy, but um, 
for somebody that if you're in that that range from 90 to 100 you like you know like jeremy talks sometimes he's not jumped over the high proofers yet he still likes a good 95 to 100 proof bourbon this one is fantastic yep. so i'm gonna give him a nip of it here later anyways but check that out guys rabbit yeah, hill rabbit hole cave hill i know this one of their particular of their arsenal is good you should check it out so I just jumped back in. Did you just say wabbit hole? A wabbit hole. Wabbit hole. It's a wabbit. Okay. Very good. Elmer Fudd, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've had a couple of beers. So that's the end of the show, guys. We love you guys. Uh, you all got anything else to add before we jump off mm-hmm. here and feast on this rib roast that Jeremy's preparing for us? So, all right. Well, we love you guys. Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. And don't forget, hit that subscribe button. Do it. Do it right now so you can listen to That Reload Podcast anytime, anywhere. We love y'all. We'll see you on the next show. See you next Tuesday. This podcast is brought to you by Reload Rub and Seasoning. Head to ReloadRub.com to pick up the full arsenal of our delicious blends, perfect for amping up your next meal. No MSG, clean ingredients, and a portion of every sale is donated to Hungry Heroes serving those who serve others. So head over to ReloadRub.com and order yours today. <laughs> Just give me one second, I, please. I can bring the. Well, I'm, I'm going to be talking a lot in this segment, so yeah. when do you guys bring it in? I'll shoot you over. I'll bring it in. I'll bring it in. I'll bring it in. <laughs> Matt, you bring it in. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's go. My phone is being <clears throat> really dumb. Oh, uh, you should probably get an iPhone. Who's <laughs> bringing it in? I'm bringing it in. I thought Slick was doing I it. I mean, I could just let Stacy's growl right there bring us back in. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Little dick, little little dick. Mmm, big dick. Okay, little, little. Baby carrot, baby carrot, baby carrot. <laughs> yeah. Full-size carrot. Squash. <laughs> Plantain. <whatever. laughs> A little purple eggplant. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, th- they brought an entire bottle of William LaRue Weller as a gift today, Matt. Y'all better not open it without me. <laughs> 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 I'm just-